Hi, this is Charlie Peck with the Thriving School Community Podcast. I am so excited. We just finished up doing a virtual summit and it was awesome. And I did get connected here with Miss Ryan Carrington as a result. So welcome. Thanks for being here. Hi, thank you for having me. And so you have a really neat background because um, you've spent, well, you've been in education for 10 years, correct? And Yep. Right. And you've been in Virginia, Alabama. Now you're in Florida, but you became an administrator, vice principal two years ago, right after COVID. So tell me what that was like. Uh, it was very interesting. So the year before I was the lead teacher of elementary and coming into wearing the hat of a vice principal, I just realized the support our teachers actually really needed, especially coming out of covid um, mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, it just everything, they needed it. Um, and they needed to know that throughout this time, the administrators were going to have their back because kids' learning gaps were behind and teachers needed grace and mercy to know that, you know, we're going to make this up. We're going to make, we're going to close this learning gap. We're going to get it back on track. Um, and, and that's basically what happened right after COVID. And I became a servant leader very fast. <laughs> Nice. Oh my gosh. And so what's unique about the school or even the area that you're in? So our school is a Christian school and we serve predominantly within the city of North Miami. Our population is almost 98% Haitian Creole at our school. Mm -hmm. um, we have about 2% Hispanic and then 1% Caucasian, but literally we have ELL students, we have just students that come to us from different backgrounds. Here in Florida, you know, we have this amazing scholarship that allows everyone to attend public school and private school of mm -hmm. their choice and comes with a huge learning curve and a huge learning gap that takes place in the classroom. And that we feel that effect every day. Wow. Okay. So I didn't know about that. That's pretty neat. And I'm wondering what is the population like, like the demographics of your actual teachers and staff in the building? So most of our staff is between Hispanic and African-American. Okay. And so I usually ask that because we talk in public schools candidly about the demographics and whether or not the kids see their teachers as themselves, right? If they have representation. And I think it's an important I don't know. It's an important point, I think. And I keep hearing about what do you think? Yeah, I definitely think it is. We did have a family that moved down from Ohio and they told us that that was one of the things they appreciated about our school, that their child was able to see themselves in the teachers, see themselves in the textbooks. In elementary, a year and a half ago, we were able to get a male teacher. I was so excited about that <laughs> <laughs> because mm -hmm. elementary is predominantly female. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I do help my male teacher a lot when it comes to decorating the bulletin board and things like that. But <laughs> having him in elementary helps out our middle school department is completely male staff. Um, I come in there and our guidance counselor, we're the only two females, you know, that interact really with the middle school department. And our high school has both male and female um, teachers. So the kids really overall get to see themselves a lot in the building, um, whether they are of Haitian descent or whether they are of Hispanic descent, they really can see themselves in our building. That's awesome. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. I think it's important. And it's interesting that we met at the virtual summit that we held recently for 
improving school mental health, thriving under pressure. That was the theme of it. And so you had really positive responses from that. And that's how you and I connected. So I'd love to hear like why it was so important for you to be there and to bring whatever it is that you took away from it back to your own school. So the the theme alone, thriving under pressure, that stood out. You know, I thank my colleague, Gavin Ganer, who introduced me to the workshop and to the presentations um, because I was in that midst of now three years being into administration. I got a good handle on this part. I have a good handle on this part, but I feel the pressure. I do feel the pressure of trying to fill his shoes while trying to be my own person. And uh, I needed the workshop. I, I needed it so much because the different speakers all were touching on just different aspects of everything I was going through. Uh, one thing I loved was just doing things random and unique to yourself, not just having the regular school school day. So one of the suggestions was have a different tone of the bell, uh, do a, a party dance, you know, or something like that. So I get to every now and then monitor a group of kids in the morning for supervision. And I love doing it. So I, you know, made a schedule for the teachers. And then one week I put myself down on the schedule in our rotation. So throughout the year, they get me like five, six times throughout the year where I do the supervision and give the teachers a break in the morning. And when I have the kids, we're doing the floor is lava. We're doing Simon Says. We're doing, <laughs> so the kids love that they get to play with their right principal. They also see a sillier side of me, a fun side of me as well. Um, and we just have a great time in the morning before they head to class. <laughs> that is so important. I mean, it's true. Like school, the traditional school has kind of a connotation of strict and quiet. Being quiet means you're being good and not all the time, but uh, some people kind of get stuck there. So it's really nice that you play. Like, it's nice yeah. that you play. How important do you think that is for older kids too? So I think that's important for older kids because they need that brain break. They need that chance to just get away from the assignment and get back to task. So there's actually something I'm looking into called action learning. So it's when you bring in action into your learning, when you bring in the movement, even for high school students, you know, it's very important to have that even if you do a simple floor is lava challenge with them to see them jump up real quickly on their desk or on their chair and you, the teacher also jump up on your desk, on your chair. Mm -hmm. I think it will just break the ice in the classroom and give them a brain break and let them get back to the task. Yeah. There's so much evidence based on that. I mean, you heard Dr. Rebecca Heiss and that's kind of where that yeah. some of those ideas came from. And all of our speakers had big contributions. Even Shiloh Webb had said something yes. with that. And again, that is what's so neat about it is having strategies that you just infuse into everyday practice like that. So you and I were talking about something, uh, Ryan, right about uh, right before we start recording. And this was about being really involved with your teachers and supporting your teachers any way you can. So talk, talk about how you do that. Hey, so I take in consideration that my staff is a young staff and an older staff. So when we're scheduling events, I try not to schedule them too late because my elderly staff may not like to drive home in the dark, you know, mm -hmm. or if they have doctor's appointments and they tell me I try and if I need to cover their class for an hour or two in the afternoon so that they can go and make those doctor appointments, that that works. Um, I had a new staff member come on this year and she needed help with the yearly plan. And I get it. A yearly plan as a new teacher, that's that's scary. It's intimidating. And I just was like, you know what? Let me take you out to Panera, my treat, 
and let's just knock it out. Let's both bring our laptops. Let's work through it together. Going these, taking these little steps, not only create bonding experiences, but they let them know that I have their back, you know, and I reward them. I give them breakfast baggies all the time and things like that. When they turn in their lesson plans on time after a certain number, I drop by with a baggie full of snacks for them and things like that. <laughs> um, and sometimes it's just asking them, what's on your wish list? And if, if I can knock it out, I'll knock out something on the wish list. I'll find parents that can help me knock out something on the wish list. You know, I'll plug into my community and find out who has what resources for which classrooms. Oh my gosh, that is such a major complaint of teachers with their administrators that they just don't ask them what they need. And that's one thing we say all the time is just ask them what they need because it's probably very different than somebody else. And if you do that, you validate them. So that's huge. What kind of response do you get from your staff as a result? So a lot of them are just grateful to see something off their wish list, you know, Um, whether it's a pencil sharpener or extension cord or um, special headphones for noise blocking. You know, it's just, thank you for getting it off my wish list. Um, And then there's things that I think about that they may not think about. Um, When Crayola came out with the multicultural crayons, I wanted crayons like that in all my classrooms. So I had to buy buy a set of them, get our administration to buy a set of them and put them in all the classrooms because I felt like it was important enough for the students to have crayons Mm -hmm. to color themselves. You know, I'm glad we're no longer just black and brown crayons. There's peach, there's, you know, almond, there's honey. And I, I love how Crayola did that as well. Yeah, just so smart and and certainly needed probably a long, long time ago, of course. Um, okay, so let's get back to the coverage that you do for your teachers. And you you definitely go out of your way to make sure they feel supported. We talked about this too when we weren't recording. So I'd like to bring it up here. How do you manage that without overloading yourself? So the best way I manage it without overloading myself is having a realistic conversation with myself during the summer. And looking at the calendar and really figuring out when I need my days. When do I know that I get tired? When do I know that I feel under pressure? I feel under um, under stress. So I know the first couple months of school from August to October, I'm good. I'm hype. I'm still excited about school starting up. Everything. I can make it to Thanksgiving break. I can make it to December break. So I don't really need any mental days off there. I can fluctuate those with the weekends and the holidays. So during those weekends and holidays, I really maximize that. Whether I'm doing a staycation like I just did for Labor Day, or whether I'm really just spending time with family and friends and taking that digital mental break and literally turning off my phone, turning off my email, turning off everything for one day. And I kind of notify people and let them know this day, look, I'm not going to have my cell phone on me. Don't call me. (laughs) Don't email me. I'm not going to look at it. Um, But then I know that that January to May stretch is where I need to plug in some days off from school. Um, And I have a great principal here who even will allow us once or twice of the year to do a work day from home. So I really appreciate that because it does mean a lot to me. I'm not a person who takes work home, but when I do a work day from home, I work out of Starbucks because I don't bring work home. That was something I set my mind up to in college that I don't take work home and I've stuck to it since college. Wow. So if I need to do work, I will go to Starbucks. I will go to Panera and I will sit there for four to six hours and do my work there. And they literally know how long I'm going to be there based off of my order. 
<laughs> That's awesome, especially that you've developed that rapport with them over time to do that. That's so neat. And how Definitely. has that benefited you um, from not ever bringing your work home after all this time? Home is home. Home is my sanctuary. It is my place of relaxed and just res restoration. So if I bring work home, it's taking away from that. So I really just try to schedule it. And even when I was a classroom teacher, lesson plans, grading, anything extra I needed to do, I did away from my home. Because when I step in that door, I need to know that it's my sanctuary. It's it's not a stressful place for me to be at. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that's important too, because you are also a speaker and you present, right? And yeah. so what kind of messages are you sending when you're speaking then? So I'm definitely sending mental health is important. And <laughs> that that encompasses everything about you um, from your safe space. And for me, my safe space is my home. And it's a place where I, I'm not judged. I'm not, you know, I'm not the teacher. I'm not the vice principal. I'm just Ryan. You know, so many times when people see you, they only see your title or they only see the work you're doing. And when can you really just, unload and be you so at home if i want to watch tv i'm gonna watch tv if i want to eat junk food i'm gonna eat junk food but it's my <laughs> it's just my place it's my place um the i don't say it's work that i do at home anything i do for my church i'll do at home anything i do in service for the community or anything like that i'll do that stuff at home but school and education stuff nope i'll take it to starbucks <laughs> I love that. And you clearly have a lot of service. I mean, tell me about the camp. I think you ran a, you run a camp in the summer. Yeah. Even, so okay. Tell about that. I am a part of an amazing community service center called Albert C. Paris Community Center here in Miami, Florida. I sit on their board and I'm the director of their summer camp and their summer camp is called Hope Summer Camp. I've been the director for about five years now. The camp in itself has been in existence over 15 years. This camp brings STEM to a low-income area in Miami, El Portal, Little Haiti, and Miami Shores. And at this camp, the kids not only have STEM activities introduced to them, but they also can make up their learning gap of math and reading every day. So every day they get math and reading, every day they get STEM, they get an art activity, they get fed, um, the state actually feeds our, our lunch program. So we get that covered. Children's Trust donates a handful of supplies and funds for us. Every Friday they get field trips. And then I have an amazing other director that sits on there with me called um, named Marlene Gyro. And she works in Broward as a social work service and counselor she comes in and she does our emotional stuff she does everything sales she does everything with the kids mental health everything so she keeps me on my toes knowing what's what about mental health in kids and things like that and what we really saw this summer is that from covid our kids are really overly emotional and very sensitive so mm -hmm. as teachers as educators we gotta know how to work with that we gotta know how to pivot to that you know yeah. So what's your plan for that? Well, how are you, how are you going to equip them with the information that will not only help them manage themselves well, but respond effectively to kids? Yeah. So definitely training, training definitely takes a lot of that. Um, understanding that the, the child's not perfect 
and that children are going to need help and guidance through things. Sometimes it's just reapproaching it and having a different tone of voice when you talk to a kid. Because nowadays kids kids really don't respond to the the yelling and the the what I call the the dog barking at them anymore. They really want to know you care about them and that only happens when you bond with kids, you know, when you take that time to let them know you care. So for example, in my office, I have snacks. I don't interact with many high school students because I'm always in the elementary department, but all the high school students during lunchtime come to my office to get a snack, but they know mm -hmm. they can't get a snack without speaking first and saying hi. So it's just, okay, mm -hmm. I'm showing them also to, you know, acknowledge the person in the room. Sure, you can have a snack. It doesn't matter. They also know that if they need anything as far as school supplies or anything like that, Miss C probably has it. So go to her first before you have to go to the store um, nice. and things like that. So it's just being there and being available for them and building that relationship inside and outside of school, I think is also important. Our students know that we like to celebrate them. So if they're in a community football league, if they're on a community team, if they're working with the, the, um, the council for their local city to let us know. And if they're having events, we try to make those events. Um, as I said before, we're a religious school. So anytime one of our students let us know they're getting baptized, we make an effort to show up to their church to mm. make sure that their families know and their church know that their school is a part of, of that decision as well. Oh my goodness. Like what a clear sense of community you all have there. I mean, I, I know, and it's probably not as large of a school as some of those out there, which might afford some of that. However, I think you can do that in any, any school of any size, sheerly because like, because of that energy you have, and because of that passion you have for kids and the adults in the building. So here's yeah. what I would like to kind of land on, because this is so important that you've been saying clearly kids are supported and clearly you know how to support yourself. What message do you have for other leaders and teachers? Like teachers are struggling. What message do you have? Like what should they be doing as a next step for them? I know it's complicated. Yeah. I'm, I am a firm believer in therapy. I'm a firm believer in having someone to vent to, to talk to. Um, I, my best friend lives in Alabama and she's a reading coach Anytime I need to vent about what's going on in my building, I call her because she's in a whole nother state. I know she doesn't know anyone. She doesn't have judgment. Mm -hmm. And she's a level-headed person that can tell me, nah, you're wrong. You know, like they're right. You're wrong. You need to go back and apologize. <laughs> and then <laughs> I also have um, Gavin Ganera. I told you before, my he was the person who was in this role before me. And I use him as a mentor because he understands the day-to-day -day work that I'm doing. He's walked this path. So I use him as a resource. I'll call him up, vent to him, and figure out how to maneuver, how to be that good leader. I'm not ashamed of asking for help and telling someone, like, I don't have all the answers right now, but I'm going to learn and I'm going to try and figure it out. So I think as educators, we need to recognize where our shortcomings are, figure out how to fill those gaps, put the people around us that we need to put that will also build us up, but also hold us accountable. And then we need to seek help. It's okay to not be okay. It's not okay to do it alone and in silence. You have to let someone know when something is going on with you at home. Even if you're a religious person and it's just to have somebody to pray with you, you need to do that. But it's so important in this day and age. I think we all have learned from COVID that isolation 
is not good for any of us. You know, God didn't make us for isolation in, in itself. So definitely reaching out, seeking help, and as administrators, doing what we can to support our team as best as we can. Sometimes that means leaving your office and stepping out into the cafeteria. Sometimes it means leaving your office and going into the first grade class or going into the fifth grade class, going into the seventh grade class and actually teaching the lesson and letting the teacher go for a restroom break or a mental health break. Um, another great thing we do here is we walk our building. If I need a break, I will walk the building. I'll just get up, take that brain break and walk the building. Definitely recommend walking your building and remembering what's your why. Why are you here every day? You know? Yeah. I mean, it's like, I, I keep thinking of all these strategies and things that you're saying to do and the energy you have behind it. So what will change in January for you? Like, how will this change for you in January? And then how will you pick yourself back up? Cause I know you said January to, to March is tough. So January to March is tough because when we get back from school, I think that's the longest stretch that we have that we don't have a break like a schedule break on the calendar for teachers and educators. So it, it gets kind of stressful there. So plugging in those breaks, remembering to plug in those breaks. And normally I have major events that happen that kind of remotivate me. So with the same nonprofit, they have Pure Reality, which is another retreat for high school students where they go and they learn about purity and making best choices and prayer pressure and things like that. So that kind of regenerate regenerates, rejuvenize, rejuvenize me, sorry, to um, re-energize, kick it back in gear. And then it's bonding with a whole different group of kids. So now I'm bonding with high school students again, you know? So I go back to just bonding from elementary to high school, to VBK, to to pre-K, to middle school. And the different crowd kind of helps. The different crowd does help me figure out they're, they're my important reason. They're my why. I can tell. I can, I can absolutely tell. Okay. Can you please let people now know how you can serve them outside of school? Because I know you speak and I know you do other things. What can you like, first of all, how can people reach out to you? And secondly, what can you do for them to serve? Cause I know you are so passionate. Definitely. So I do do engagements, um, speaking engagements, as far as different educational topics, they're listed on my website of what I can offer. That's at myteach.org. Uh, I also am available for community events as far as I volunteer a lot of hours to just working with children and things like that. I'm big on finding collaboration events. So any events where teachers, administrators can collaborate, I'm very big on. Um, I've created a Padlet that can help with uh, just different resources for teachers. And it's, it's a free Padlet. But what I love about it is it brings collaboration. So you sitting anywhere can upload your resources to the Padlet and teachers anywhere can see it. it's a live Padlet. So you can upload anything, uh, whether it's free worksheets, whether it's webinars, whether it's a YouTube channel you love that you think other teachers will love, you can definitely upload it to this. And then teachers everywhere who have this link are available to use the resources on it. That is so kind of you to share because we need the resources. I mean, my goodness. And myteach.org is where they can go to check out your list of topics yes. that you speak yes. about. Yes. Okay. That's great. Is there anything that you would like to say that we kind of haven't covered, Ryan? Um, be kind to yourself. You're not going to get it all right. You're not going to be perfect at it. 
be kind to yourself. Today is the day to where we just need to give kindness more to each other and shower each other in grace and mercy and start each day anew. Don't hold on to the past. Don't hold on to history from 10 years ago, because at the end of the day, life is way too short. We've all learned that lesson. And if we're not in a good mind space, we can't be in a good mind space for the people we serve. Ooh, that's a good one. That is true. Well, we will leave it at that. Oh my goodness. Well, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. No problem. Thank you for having me. Okay.